Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. This is the Daytona wrap-up slash a little bit of Atlanta talk. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. As usual, with me on the line are two guys who are much, much smarter than me. Uh, David Pingree and Jason Wygant. Ping, what's up? Hi, Steve. Just Hi. another sunny morning here in Southern California. Hi, Weege. Man, I don't even know what time zone or what state I'm even in at this point. Am I still in Daytona? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, you did the Daytona Supercross, the RC, the Amateur Supercross, the RCU in Daytona, the GNCC in Florida, and now you're back home in North Carolina. Yeah, I literally drove. I left the GNCC in uh, about 6 o'clock yesterday and then um, hightailed it back. So if you do the math, I slept at a rest stop for about two hours in the in the uh, rental car, and that's it. Like That brings us to this 11 a.m. Eastern time right now on Wednesday. Wow. Are you are you like the James Brown of motocross? They take the, the they hardest that working man and try to get me off stage, but yeah. <laughs> um, and we and also too the first landline phone call you ever received at your new home was Pulp yes. MX. Yes. Yes. The, the first number to ever pop up on caller ID in this house was Pulp MX. Wow, I'm honored. Before we so get, you could look up the in the yellow pages or the white pages. You could look up Pulp MX in Las Vegas. I guess you could. I don't know. Yeah, Pulp MX. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get talking too much about the Atlanta, and we, you know there was no show last week. I don't know if you guys are aware, but oh, I forgot. Um, how's Damon Bradshaw? Man, the guy likes to talk. That's like the most addictive part about it. Yeah. You know, it's like the combination of. The girl not only not only is she cute, but she's also really cool. <laughs> like, and her not boobs only is are good. Bradshaw, but then when you like engage him in conversation, he seems cool and like yeah. wants to talk back. Right. Um, that but is it all about monster trucks and guns? Yeah, and because tobacco? he does like <laughs> yeah. monster trucks a lot. Loves the monsters. 
loves the monsters. Now he's doing the monsters in Europe too, so he's got like even you know even more exotic stories. But what about racing, motors, motocross, supercross? Well, the main thing I asked him about was uh, now that I, I just moved to the Charlotte area, I wanted to find out, and it was hard to ask him this. Like, what I really wanted to know was, hey, I know you haven't lived here in like 20 years or 15 years, but I want to know where you were born so I can go there and just stare at the house <laughs> or like sleep wow. on the dirt that used to be your <laughs> practice track. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, which it was kind of hard to get that across. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I don't know. If you want a place to ride, ask uh, Josh Summy. He lives around there now. And his dad, I'm like, no, I'm not really looking for a place to ride. I'm yeah. more just, where, where, did, did you, where was your compound? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was interesting because, and I know we're wasting too much time on this Bradshaw thing already, but um, no, no. You're ta- I guess that's impossible. He's talking about like 1989, say, when he turned pro, yeah. moved to Mooresville. And back then there, were, there was essentially no place to ride here. And now the southeast is just littered with these compounds. Like, right. You know, in any direction, three states in each direction have these year-round facility compounds with homeschooled kids riding 365 days a year. But back then, he's like, I knew of a field that I could ride in. That was about it. It's really funny how that's all changed. Yeah. But, again, where was your supercar track, Damon, that we t- you took photos on in that inside? Oh, it was in Mooresville, and um, it his brother still owns the land, but they leveled it and turned it into a like a training area for horses. I was very upset gone oh jeez. you think there's there's a good chance ability many kids there at the school had no idea who damon bradshaw was no i mean really i mean that's really pushing it right oh i i promise you there was kids that didn't know yeah 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 Yeah. kids are not keen on like they don't they're not up on who old stars of the sport were yeah i've literally talked to kids like, good up-and-coming kids who are like, oh, yeah, I'm Bradshaw, I've heard of him or something. Yeah. Wasn't he good? I'm like, I, it's crazy how little they know. I was uh, I was talking to Barca at Bar- Barsha at Bercy. Barcia? Barcia at Bercy. And I said, dude, that'd be cool if you win King of Bercy. Like, just think of all the dudes that have won it, and your name's going to be on that list. Like, RJ, Bale, uh, um, Stanton, all these guys. And he's like, yeah, yeah, if you say those guys are good. And I'm just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You know, that's the problem. And Bradshaw's the worst case of all because he has not kept himself current. You know, Amig has become timeless now. Uh, and even Stan was around at the races, you know, for right. up until a few years ago. But, um, but Bradshaw's way out of it. And they, when Fox does the retro gear, remember they had, when they had the retro national at Unadilla and they had put, you know, bad boy in the back of his pants and everybody's – but he's like, oh, that's cool. They're tying it in. He's the bad dude. And RJ, what? The funny thing is, he mustn't even have understood that. Yeah. Yeah. Barsha was like, why, why am I bad boy? Why am I bad boy? Why would you put that on there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we just had a travel, a busy travel schedule and, and wow for him. So, um, well, you did the same thing the week before. So, and we didn't even have a show. So, really, we just swapped weeks. I don't expect Yeah. I, I was, uh, I had an epic time in Florida. It was great. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sorry one bit that we didn't do a podcast. I had a good time. Um, Who were you hanging out with? Ah, uh, the 97-125 East Coast champion. Nice. Yes. Hey, that's the whole problem with Bradshaw. The dilemma still exists. When we're hyping up, trying to sell entries for the school, you're talking about all these champions, Jeff Emig, four-time champion, Jeff Stan, six-time champion, Ricky Carmichael, 15-time champion, and Damon Bradshaw, the beast from the East. Because you, 
you've never been able to hang that championship around yeah. the game, and it still haunts to this day. Yeah, I mean, up until a few years ago, he was the rider with the most 250 Supercross wins without a title in the list. Wyndham yeah. has now passed him. but uh, Right. But, yeah. uh, so how do you bill it? Like, all-around awesome dude? Like, yeah, is that what know. you go with? Ping, were you ever a Bradshaw guy? Probably not. You weren't. You were a Cal- Cali guy. Well, Wardy was my dude just because, yeah, he was a little, little Cal, you know, short Kawasaki rider. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, trust me, I mean, I, I was, I loved Bradshaw. He was so fun to watch just because yeah. he was like watching Stewart now or Stewart two years ago. Yeah. Um, he just, he'd blow you away with what he'd do and then he'd crash his brains out. Yeah. And get up and still go fast. Maddox probably should have stopped him a few times, I bet. Oh boy! Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> okay, let's uh, Atlanta. Let's 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 just uh, rewind a little bit. Go back to Atlanta. We didn't do the show, and we got a lot of uh, flack about it from some people. People wanted to know what we thought about um, that pass and and paying your. Let's go, let's go to you first because we just talked for a long time. Um, what uh, as a racer, what do you think of that move that uh, that Reedy did? Well. It was definitely questionable, uh, but any other time in a race, you know, you that that's that's on read. You're like, oh, dude, that was ridiculous. Like he cut so far across the corner. Mm-hmm. It was actually impressive that he even got to that point without crashing. <laughs> like because he right. had to. I mean, he had to literally just make a turn on total flat, you know, and get over to where he. In contact with James, but yeah, he whipped it over that triple really good. <laughs> he scrubbed that triple before it. Yeah, when when you're talking about the last lap of a main event, I mean, right down at, at the finish, like I don't know, man, it kind of anything goes, really. Do you think here's the here's the the the, the Stewart fans what they say? Um, Reed had no chance of making that pass clean. Do you agree with that? Well, like he, it, like Reed wasn't like coming out of that turn with uh, with Sipes and Wharton. You know, once in a while you'll just go, all right, I'm just taking it in. You know, and 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 hopefully, here's what you hope in that situation is that Stewart, who did go wide and leave the door wide open, he did go wide, like completely to the berm. Um, you hope that hears you or sees you, and you know checks up, like mm-hmm. realizes he's going to run straight into you and he checks up. So you kind of put yourself, you know, put a little target on yourself in hopes that it screws him up enough. You're obviously not going to rail that corner. You know, even if, let's say, James had seen him, checked up, stood up, hit the brakes, they probably would have still bumped a little bit and they would have both been basically at a dead spot from that point. But right. Reed would have had his line and, you know, made the pass. It just didn't work out like that, you know I mean? Stewart didn't see him. He was ripping around the corner, thinking, okay, i got to go faster this turn so Reed doesn't sneak inside of me. Right. And by the time he looked up, I mean, he's staring right at Reed's engine cases. So, like I said, it, that late in the race in a main event, I mean, you just kind of go, ooh, yep. Right. Gnarly. We- it's, it, it was super aggressive, a little, little questionable, but. I think there's that, a point in the season at the point in that race where it was for the win. Weege? My my only question is, I don't think, you know, obviously the move's aggressive, same thing. It's the last lap you're going for the win. And, you know, watching that race from the stands, 
you wanted to see something happen. You know, Reed in, had engaged him in a great battle for 19 laps, and then when it ended up getting screwed up, just not because Regal did anything wrong, but it just kind of messed everything up. It was kind of like, ah, you didn't want it to go down with a quick mistake with a lap rider. You wanted to see them duke it out. And then, lo and behold, Reed, you know, engaged in it one more time, which I, which is what I think everybody in the stands wanted to see, one last action-packed moment. But um, the one the one thing I feel, and, and I'm going to ask you this, Ping, is, you know, the Stewart haters, you know, the Reed, the, the Stewart lovers say that Reed was out of line with that pass, and so maybe they're right. It was questionable. But the Stewart haters are saying Stewart blew it by not checking up. He should have just taken second place. I don't feel like he really had much choice. Like, he left the door open. Well, the way Reed made that corner, how is Stewart going to protect the inside like that, to that degree? And he had .2 seconds to get off the gas and get on the brakes. Like, it just seemed to me like Reed put Stewart in a position where he really had no choice. There was nothing. What could Stewart have done? That, what do you that's, think, Pink? That's the really hard part about racing and having someone right up your tailpipe. Like, what do you do? I mean, it, it, you, right. you, you'll come across that situation just like Arena Cross five times in a main event at least. Yeah. We're like, okay, do I, like, completely ridiculously carve this corner inside to protect myself? Or do I just go really wide, expect him to come in, and then I can maybe square him up and go back under? I mean... Trust me, I've done that and had that done to me a thousand times. Like that's just in a tight corner when someone is right on you. That's those are the options. So, you know, I think Stewart was trying to, like I said, get over that triple as fast as he could, get into that turn, around it, and out of it as quick as he could, so that Reed didn't have time to do that. Right. And Reed just scrubbed, like Steve said, scrubbed the hell out of that triple and beeline for the exit, and he got there. So yeah, I just don't see how you can blame. To me, it's like Stewart had three options. He picked one of the best options. Three options could have worked. He picked the wrong one. But I don't see. It's ridiculous to me to say like he showed how dumb he was by not protecting the inside and then not getting off the gas and reading the, the only, I mean, that's easy to say in hindsight and in slow motion. Right. The only totally. Um, totally. And yeah. and here's the thing: is a lot of it is you've got to sense how close the guy is to you. Maybe he wow. thought he had more room on Chad than he did. You know, because if right. you can hear him or you he showed you a wheel down the straightaway and you know he is like literally just there, mm-hmm. then probably you, you do carve to the inside and block it. And in this case, had he done that, because you know in Reed's head he's going, okay, I'm going to – you have to set something like that. that. That doesn't happen. So you know in Reed's head he's going, I'm going to hit this triple. I'm going to be from the outside. I'm cutting straight to the – you know, cutting straight over on this triple into that turn. Yeah. So had Stewart done that, it would have been Reed like, oh, oh, and then had to go to the outside. And it, it would have – Stewart probably would have protected the lead. The only, like um, said, that's that's a decision you've got to make in a split second, and it's obviously always way slower to do that, you know, yeah. because you could be thinking, okay, if I go way to the inside, like ridiculously to the inside to protect myself, Reed's going to rail around the outside, square it up, and pass me that way. You know, it, it put it's really tough to be in the lead in that kind of situation with someone right on you in a turn like that. So it's like what they say about being in Daytona or Talladega. You don't want to be leading going in out of the last turn. You know what I mean? Like, in yeah, the draft. Yeah, I consider like, it's like, like being the guy in second. You, he's in control of the situation, even though you're in the lead. Yeah, exactly. But the only thing that uh, it's not exactly apples to apples, but uh, apples. But um, the only thing, uh, Wharton and Sipes did kind of the same thing in the in the heat race, I believe. And Wharton was in the lead, 
and looked over, saw Sipes there, came into the turn, stopped, and Sipes went underneath him, and Wharton pulled out and drag raced him down a straightaway. Not totally apples to apples because Reed came in to kind of the exit of the turn, but you know Wharton looked, checked up, looked over, braked early, and came in, came out early, came pulled out early. Well, that's, that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. If, right. if Stewart had known he was there, you know, maybe, maybe there is, maybe, you know, that's why right. to me it's not completely shady because he had to have known Reed was, right. you know. So you'd think maybe as he's apexing that turn and looking out, he would kind of like just be aware of his periphery, you know. Does he see a wheel come flying in? You know, because all he would have had to do at that point is check up and cut down. And Reed's going blowing by him. You know what right. I mean? Reed's committed to like making a turn at the exit of that berm. And uh, so all he would have had to do was check up and cut under, and he would have been gone. It's great racing, no matter what, huh, Weege? The place was going nuts. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, whether you think the move was dirty or just aggressive, I, I can't imagine anyone in the stands was like, "Okay, now that Stewart has the lead, I hope that they just cruise through the last lap and Stewart just wins." Yeah. Like, who yeah. wasn't rooting for more action? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and just to put. The perspective onto it a little bit. Uh, Stewart's move on Reed with Regal, nothing wrong with that, right, guys? I mean, nothing. Nah. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Well, and some honestly, people are I don't like, believe you know, that Reed's yeah. pass was to get revenge for right the block pass. It was just to try. I don't want to win the race. It, yeah. Whether Stewart hit him or not, I think had nothing to do with Reed's move. He was just trying to win. Yeah. Um, Ping, you 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 can speak of this. Uh, Reed's been really impressive lately. He's gained speed, and that's really hard to do in the middle of a series. Yeah, I think a lot of it for him was just um, really believing that he could do it, you know. I mean, I'm sure he's been telling himself all along, okay, you know, I'm, you know it doesn't matter what, Spike's good enough, I'm, I got good people behind me, I can do it. But once you actually do do it, that's just such a huge confidence boost. I think it, it mentally just put him in another place where yeah. he, he, he's going to win again, you know. I mean, it's, you can see it, he's going to come, he's going to win another race here soon. Yeah. Yeah, you, so, you, it's crazy how these guys are such they're such heroes to people and they're such uh, uh, great riders and awesome dudes and all that, but yet they're still so fragile mentally sometimes. Like Reed's won thirty nine races. He should he should realize that he could be the man. You know what I mean? Like there's only one guy on that gate who had won more than him and it was one more at one point. So he should just be like, Of course I can win. I'm Chad F and Reed. But nope. You know, it's just that that balancing act of mental, mentalness. Yeah, it's all all upstairs with those guys at that level because right. they're all you know their skill level is all ridiculous. So they should have that TV show, The Mentalist. Simon Baker is the Mentalist. They should. Uh, he should work with one of these guys. You should pitch that to NBC. I don't even or... know what that show's about, but they should be like the Mentalist is going to work with Chad Reed this week. I think the thing is, it's just truth serum, though. Like Pink said, I know that he's won 39 races, but like Pink said, I mean, it, the circumstances are a little off, you know, new team yeah. and all that. So yeah. it's, you know, it's just, look, he look, knows in his if, mind what the circumstances are. Let's see, I haven't won a Supercross in a year and a half, and yeah, but, but, suck. No, but, 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 but in, in, in real life, if you apply it to real life, if, if, uh, if, I can, uh, if I can eat four hot dogs, let's say, at a, at a setting, and I'm I'm I eat four hot dogs all the time. I've eaten four hot dogs thirty nine times before. It's no problem. I've always been able to eat four hot dogs. 
let's say I go to my cousin's house and he's got a different table, different hot dog maker, different buns. I'm pretty confident I can still eat four hot dogs. No, it's not the same, though, because that's, that's just you. And, like, that's saying Chad could go faster on a track and he can still go faster on a track. But you have to take out the element of, well, what is, what is the competition doing, you know? Yeah, I get it. You're, you're taking he, out, he's capable of riding uh, supercross the, track fast, major, and he knows he still is. And, and there's a huge difference between eating hot dogs and racing a motorcycle <laughs> at the level that they do. Right. I, I didn't want to disappoint you there, Steve, <laughs> but there is a difference. I was looking to shoehorn something, and that was the best I could do. No, uh, that sounds good. Uh, but, you know, to, yeah. to become confident, like to gain confidence, it, you know, you have to be – you build it by, by training, by testing, by, you know – Living right, eating right, so that you know, Kevin, I can go 20 laps, no problem. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna eat these guys alive at the end of the race. I've tested. I have the best bike. I'm dialed. Like everything's dialed. And I don't think, especially at the start of the season, he was quite there. He knew, like, that bike he was on was probably not quite like the bike, you know, Dungey had been on, like the bike. You know what I'm saying? Those other guys had time on those bikes. They'd been developing over a couple of years. You can you can lie to yourself all you want, but inside your brain, you know, like, you know, right. see, uh, right. what was that movie with Owen Wilson where he's a gunfighter and he's like, oh, I can I can do this. Oh no, you can't. He's gonna kill you. <laughs> you know, like in your head, you can't lie to yourself. So he knew, you know what I mean. I, my bike's not quite there. Like, you know what I'm saying. And then so once he won with it, all those doubts are removed. Now he know you know, hundred yeah. percent he can win with this bike. Right. Yeah, I think it's a credit to how tough Chad is mentally that he even was able to get to that point at all. He could have never gotten yeah. to that point. Yeah, well, there was there was more than a few people in the industry that wrote him off, you know what I mean? I think sure. including those guys at Cali, like, they're, they're friends of mine. Hopefully they don't listen to the show, Our but, dude. you know, yeah. I think they were like, that kind of guy's done, you know? Yeah. They worked with him, they were yeah. around him, they were like, no, he's done. But, yep. you know, so good kudos to him, I mean... uh you know, RV told me a little while ago that uh, he was like, um, I don't think Chad's going to be there at the end. And I think he's wrong. You know, we should ask, I should ask Ryan that again, um, you know, now. But, uh, all right, let's move. Uh, anything else about Atlanta? We want to cover, cover anything else? Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, looking at Racer X this morning uh, for observation columns. Um, right. Obviously, we'll talk about Daytona. Um I'm calling you out, Mathis. You're a liar. Liars are the scum of the earth. Mathis, how could you say such bullshit? Uh, Mathis, stop throwing BS arguments for your butt dart buddy, Stuart. Um, oh. um, let me see what else here. Mathis, you're a, a, a fat manatee. Anyways. Um, Those are gentle sea creatures. I, I don't even think that's a, a diss. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, it's a compliment. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> People Dude. love manatees. Yeah, manatees are good. Them. We save them. Exactly. We save manatees. <laughs> um, here's the point. Uh, lots of uh, angry people about Daytona, and, and we'll talk about the racing in a second. We all saw what happened. James Stewart running away from the race. Uh, um, um. Ping, did you get a chance to actually see the crash? Yeah. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know if you were watching on Saturday Night on Speed or not. Um, uh, Ping, running away with it, eats crap, gets on the bike, obviously woozy. Ping, you've worked with Asterix, uh, not in a, you know, as a, not just doing a journalist. You're, this is what you're hoping to pursue in your life. 
what's your thoughts on that? And all those people that said, you know, you can't, you, you should have pulled Stewart off. You, you should have, how can you let somebody ride on, in that condition on the track? I don't, I think these people are forgetting two years ago, Tim Ferry grabbed the wrong bike and got on it. He was so out of it as well. Um, in the, in the first turn also, um, um, what else did we see? Oh, Stewart crashing at, uh, Glen Helen and keeping, keep going. RC crashing 8 million times. And this stuff happens all the well, time. There, there, there's a couple things that, that are a factor in this. And, and the first thing is that you have to remember is this is, this is professional sports. Okay. So you aren't going to be treated like, you know, some Joe off the street, but even that guy, even, even somebody, if you're in a, like, you know, if you're in a car crash, let's say, and your, your leg is hanging off, you're, you're bleeding to death. Like you need to go to the hospital and, but you're still, you know, mentally conscious and able to make a decision. You cannot have treatment forced on you. You mm-hmm. can't, you can sign what's called an AMA against medical advice and you can, you know, head home and die. Like anybody has that right. You, you know, you you can't have medical assistance forced on you. So know that. Secondly, Astra's job at the races is not to make decisions about whether or not somebody can ride. They're there to provide medical assistance, you know, hopefully help prevent some injuries. Um, you know, and in talking to Eddie last night, they can collaborate with the FIM, with John Gallagher, and make a decision collectively, you know, this guy really shouldn't ride. Then at that point, um, if, they, if they suggest that he shouldn't, he can sign a waiver against medical advice and he can continue to race. Uh, if they say, you know, this guy's not, he, there's no way this guy should be out there. He was, you know, whatever the scenario is. Right. The FIM does have the power to stop them from racing. Very rarely does that happen, though. You know, even well, in the case, and I would say that Josh Hansen's scenario at Anaheim 2 was way worse than what happened to Stewart. As far as concussion. Right. I mean, worse, definitely worse. So, and the third thing you got to remember here is, so he gets up, and he did stagger a little bit, but the guy just got body slammed around. Okay, so that's yeah. to be expected a little bit. But he still got up. You could tell he was in pain. Obviously, that's gonna hurt. And he got up, but he's looking for his bike right away. I mean, if he if he had rung his bell to the point where, you know, it was significant, a he would have been unconscious, or he would have been. Dead and sort of wandering around aimlessly. He got up, and you could see he was looking around, like, where did my bike go? Right, like he wasn't going into the stands to grab a, grab a Coke. No, he was looking right. for his bike. So, to me, he's, he's aware a little bit of what's going on. You know, obviously, he goes over there. The next thing was people were saying, oh, he fell down trying to get on it. Well, his fender was sticking straight up. Yeah. And it was hard to see because it was the front wheel was straight up in the air on that second jump. So he probably didn't even notice it. You know what I'm saying? From the angle he was at, I watched it over and over and over. It's like... He probably didn't even notice it, and he got down, went to throw his leg over, and popped the fender, and he fell. Off. Well, I mean, there's no doubt he was dazed and confused. There's no doubt, but and paying some of the stuff that you were saying earlier involves, you know, when you have a chance to look at a guy. But what's Asterix's job on the track like that? What happened? What's well, you, you've got to make a real quick decision. Obviously, this is a guy. If this was, uh, I don't want to throw anybody into this, but you know, just some random three-digit guy. Right. Damon, Maybe they would Damon have, Smith. You know, maybe you give it a little bit more of a look, but this is a guy who's in the championship contention. Eddie was there, said he, he went up to him, hey, man, are, are you okay? Everything okay? And James didn't say a lot, right, you know, the first time Eddie got to him. He just was, like, kind of going, you know, getting his bike going. 
But then once he fell down trying to get his leg over the thing and he fell back down, Eddie went over to him again and said, dude, are you okay? And what's going on? Jimmy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. He, like, you know, responded. And was Right. Right. So Eddie said over the headset, just like I told you, they went, all right, hey, you know, he said he was okay. Let's keep an eye on him here for a couple laps. He's not in any traffic or anything. Just let's, walk, let's keep an eye on him. Make yeah. sure he looks like he's with it. And if you watched, he went right out, you know, did the finish line jump, pulled the tear off, went right back to doing all of the, you know, rhythm lanes, was even jumping that wall jump that no one else was doing. Yeah. No. The fact that he went back to doing that is like, to me, ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. he would yeah. go back to doing that with a bike that was for sure bent up a little. So, in your mind, anyway. there's, in your mind, Ping, there is zero case for pulling him off and and stop well, and pulling him out the, of the race. Not in that instance. Right. Like I said, had right. he gotten on his bike and sort of, you know, he, been weaving around or right. you know pulled off onto the speedway or something or did something weird, you go, hey. Hey guys, uh, we'll do it over here. And, hey, know. Stewart's doing laps like Will Ferrell in uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> it's, uh, there was nothing weird. He got right. right back on the track, right? You know, and he wasn't around anybody, so it was a good scenario where they had a chance to just watch him by himself, and he looked fine. I love how so, Eddie Casillas posts on Vital that they asked him, and people still, still don't believe it, and still believe that Astro Crew failed James Stewart. You know, uh, I just I don't get it. Yeah, the very. Weege, how much – I mean, we're all in agreement, right? Weege, you don't have a different opinion, do you? No, no. Well, I say this. Just like the read past the previous week where people like Stewart should have just stopped. I'm like, well, go find me a clip somewhere of a race where that actually happened, like where a dude cut yeah. all the way 90% of the turnoff and the other guy was like, oh, no, and just stopped. Right. Like it virtually never happened. So go find me the clip of the time where the guy wanted to get on his bike and Asterix tackled him yeah. and didn't let him get back in the race. It's never happened before. So this, they're supposed to just decide, we got a new world order right here, right now at Daytona. <laughs> We're making changes on yeah. the spot, on the fly. Yeah. No, it's incredible. Uh, so, why again, how much is that is just fueled by people who don't like James Stewart? Well, I think you, you said it perfectly when you said one time Ferry went to pick up somebody else's bike and no one yeah. cried, cried fast. No, he did. He, he got Ivan Tedesco's bike and yeah. swung a leg over it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, all this, the, the controversy of the Atlanta crash, the controversy of this crash is just based on the status of the guy involved. Ping, uh, over under um, 800,000, number of racers who have concussed themselves during crashes and continued on racing. <laughs> over the entire timeline of the sport, I would say probably over. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ping, number of times that you have probably concussed yourself and kept ridden. You know what? That number is surprisingly low. So one thing I didn't really hurt on myself was my brain. You did say that one time, yeah. I I just, I just, for whatever reason, I would protect my head with the rest of my body when I crash. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. I, I don't get these these people, but uh, um, you know, yeah. I mean, if anybody knows, you know, it is it is scary because, like, I heard um from someone at Pro Circuit that after the race they were hanging around, they heard that James, when he got back to the truck, didn't remember parts of the race or was having some amnesia, you know, retrograde amnesia, which surprises me. And maybe that's, that could be, you know, hearing it from a third person. Maybe it was. What do you think? You think, this, anybody, you know? you think anybody's leaking anything out of James Stewart's camp? Well, see, that's what's weird to me. So maybe that's just rumors. Eddie said he did go over and check up with James after the race, and, and he said, hey, man, what happened? How'd you crash? And James and I just didn't make contact with my front wheel. He knew exactly what he did. Right, right. So, you know, yeah. We're me, even that after the race, when Eddie checked in, he's like, all right, you know, cool, I made the right decision. He finished the race out. He yeah. earned a bunch of points. He remembers the crash, he, you know. Yeah, and a guy like Chisholm, 
he couldn't remember anything after talking to me and Wygant, which, you know, thank God he remembered that. Um, yeah. You know, in Houston, like he couldn't remember anything. And, you know, he, he's, he still has no plenty idea. of times where that happens. A guy will get up, finish a race, and then come back in and go, man, what what happened? Like he did, you know, sadly that does happen. And those are the cases where you're kind of like, man, that dude shouldn't have been out there probably. The, the real story. But even on autopilot, they got through the race okay, you know? Yeah. The real story is what Kenny Watson said was after the race, he heard or saw James immediately got on a mule and they went to the motorhome parking and the gate was locked and they were ramming the gate, James and his buddies, in the mule and the security guard pulled their guns out. What? Yeah. What? That's what Kenny said. Of course, <laughs> that's what Kenny said should immediately, you know. Well, I can only believe 10% of what Kenny says, so. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, it was a pretty phenomenal ride. Although, Weege, I don't know about you, but, I, I mean, I was, I had a lot of people asking me how I thought the race was going to turn out and what, who I thought was going to win, and I spoke to a lot of people on the teams, and, and I got to say, there were a, more than a few people, myself included, they're like, this could be a bad night for James, because you simply, it's so easy to make mistakes on Daytona, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, everyone's been complaining about the tracks being one line and too easy. Um, but coincidentally, we've had some really good races on those tracks. Um, there was no chance on that Daytona track that you were going to see a battle like you did in Atlanta. There was no way. Yeah. On the last five laps at either main, dudes were just trying to stay on their bikes. You could see how tired everybody was. There was no fight. There wasn't any fight left in anyone at that point. That track was so gnarly. Yeah. I think too gnarly. You know, sounds awesome to say that what a gnarly racetrack. How cool is this going to be? Oh, God, Bob, Bob Hanna would have loved it. He would have just. Bob Hanna would have loved it, and RC built it because he was the toughest. But you don't get good races on those tracks because the guys were so tired, and not because they don't train as hard as Hanna, because it's like it's just that hard. Like the human body can't ride full blazing out on a track that rough. I think the main was 26 minutes. So, you know, it comes at the expense of the race. Well, so, yeah. You're only, you you're only training. Those guys are only training to do 20 minutes right now, you know? Yeah. Because all their other yeah. races are, what, 17? Right. 18? I mean, you know, that's what they're used to doing. They're used to being able to pin it for 17 minutes. So you throw another 10 minutes on that, it's a long time. And on a track that is way more demanding than a typical oh, yeah. Supergrass track. And, a bunch and of you know, back, back when it was yep. in the daytime, it yep. was exponentially harder. I mean, that race was ridiculous. Yeah. It, when you added in the heat and humidity of the daytime. Yeah. You never I'm not really taking anything away from them now, but I'm just saying. Amazing battles at Daytona, and I think it's all for those reasons. Heck, they, their, their bike setup is a big compromise. You know, there's all these holes, but they have to set up their bikes for the jumps and the whoops so that it's probably rougher on them than it would be even on a typical motocross track and, yeah, all, all these factors. So I, the point I'm making here is that on a track that gnarly, yeah, think a good chance that that was going to happen. And when Stewart crashed, I had a bunch of photographers in the field being like, dude, I knew that was going to happen. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing to say that after the fact. Yeah. But um, I'm sure some people did predict it ahead of time. Villapoto sure seemed to think that that was impossible. No, I he mean. He yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we had Ryan on the Monday show, on the Pulp show, and I said, hey, you saw him jump that thing. And, you know, you didn't do it. And. You know, Ryan being the uh, in the championship hunt and being a typical, uh, you know, testosterone-filled motocrosser said, well, I, I could have jumped it. Um, you know, yeah. uh, it was a little – the risk wasn't really worth the reward. And I'm like, 
do this a second. <laughs> um, but he kind of indicated that, you know, he knew Stewart was going to go down, which uh, it's easy to say after the fact. But, no, I mean, I I do think that it was just – that track lent itself to mistakes. And, and James, you know, I mean, he was setting such a blistering pace that I was like, ooh, ooh, you know, like – you got to just win this thing by a little bit. You don't need to crush everybody because of the track's going to come and get you. But but Ryan Villapoto has won two in a row, and he's a little upset about some people saying he's gotten a couple of gifts. Obviously, Atlanta was, but uh, was this a gift, Ping? Well, um, I don't know. This go, you know, this is the an argument that I'll never have an answer but it's like ryan's you know making calculated bets just like not doing that jump like you know what yeah that thing's sketchy this track's gnarly i got 20 laps to do you know when you have to like really focus and you know he probably had to really get into the face of that thing and lift it probably took a lot of energy and you know among other things concentration everything else that thing was rutted down the little that little pit like i'm sure Ryan's like, you know what? No, I'm going to put in 20 solid laps on the lines I know, doing it the way I know how to do it. If I get second, I get second. That's a, you know, right. that's a smart way to look. That's the way a guy who's going to win this title looks at it. Mm-hmm. Dewey's pulling me. Well, I guess I'm going to get second tonight. Right. You know? So, and when it works out that Stewie crashes and he ends up winning, well, he looks like a genius. But there was also races where he just settled in and got a second. You know, we've had those races this year, and I think that's what Ryan's doing that's, I think if you don't, if you're not picking him for the title right now, you're wrong, because he's just doing everything right. You know what I'm saying? He's that could be a country song. <laughs> should be. <laughs> he's not. If you ain't picking him for the title, you're, you're wrong, because he's doing everything right. In parentheses. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. But we're talking about God in that situation. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know if it was a gift. I think Ryan's just he's fit. He's mentally. Strong and ready, and he's he's not he's riding within his limits, but still very fast. And hey, well, uh, you haven't you haven't seen Ryan get very jiggy this year, like. Yeah, I think because he's more fit. I really believe that's why. Uh, I believe it's because he unlocks his hips when he rides. Uh, oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Weege, maybe you maybe you can answer this because you know you were uh, around some of the uh, some of the integral parts of uh, RCU and all that, including the mighty oh, yeah. JH. Uh, yeah. what was the decision? Like, I was surprised. I forgot last year's track was a minute. It was a minute or so, or under a minute. Um, yeah, I looked. It was a minute, uh, I think a minute four was the best lap, and okay. a minute 15 was the best lap this time. The main event was, uh, I think, five, almost six minutes longer this so year, to give you an idea. That was, was it, did you, did you find out, was that just a conscious decision to go back to the old Daytona, or was it just, it worked out that way, or... You know what I mean? No, like, I actually didn't. I didn't ask that quick because, unfortunately, I didn't. I, it wasn't until yesterday when I had a time to actually look at the results because I was working at the darn school. So, darn, I wish I could have asked that. But it was like when it was all over, and then I finally got to look at all the stuff. I'm like, huh, why did they make it 15 seconds um, yeah. longer? Yeah. Uh, although I'm not sure if it was an RC design last year. They were really harping on that. Um, and I can't remember. I don't know if Carmichael had a hand in last year. He, some years he does, some years he doesn't. The tracks. So I'm thinking that's track, why. The track was very alive. I know this oh because Emma told me that. I got to hear that one more time. Wow. <laughs> Is that how it reaches up and gets you? Uh, it's very alive. God, he alive. Really, it's moving. It's moving. It's it changes. Out there. 
<laughs> Somebody must. Uh, Je- uh, Fro must have went and watched that movie with the Chilean rugby players that ate each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is the, wasn't it called Alive? It was called Alive, I think. It was, yeah. yeah. But there were parts of the track that looked like chocolate cake or brownie mix. I mean, it did look yeah. like something you could eat. Yeah. Um, Weege, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's put this out there. People should get oh. a ticket because you just never really know what's going to happen with, with, with this series, huh? This has been a great year. Yeah, and what's funny is um, the last two weeks have been about as even maybe the craziest of all, and it's resulted in the points lead stretching. But it doesn't seem boring. It's only when you look at the stats at the end and say, oh, no, wait a minute. Filippoto went from, what, a three-point lead to a 23-point lead in, you know, seven days. But uh, it, it almost seems more exciting right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the one thing I'm concerned with is, though, this is Stewart's sixth year in the big class. You know, a lot of guys, their third or fourth year is usually like their best year. So he's, you know, in the, in the terms of this sport, he's actually been there for quite a while. And it's like, this is the same question, the same situation that always rears itself. And every year you're thinking, okay, maybe now I'll figure it out. And it seemed like at the beginning of the year he was trying to avoid these mistakes. And here we are yeah. in the same scenario, man. Um, so I don't know. And to me, the, the natural – like I had some people ask me yesterday at the GNCC, they're like, you think he's going to learn to back it down? And I'm like, you know what's funny? It seems like when things go wrong, he doesn't back it down. He t- like at Daytona, it seemed like he was so mad about Atlanta that he was going to crush yeah. the people even more. Right. Instead of being more conservative, he was more aggressive. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, seems like he rides, and this is just this could be off base, just an observation from me. I feel like he rides a little, with a little too much emotion, rather than just going, "Okay, I'm going to," you know. Like Ryan is very, very methodical right now. He's just putting in his laps with his lap time and his thing. Or like you said, I think James was mad from last weekend. He was going to show everybody. I'm going to, uh, you know, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to be two seconds a lap faster than these guys. Well, his, his so, he, you know, he went if off. He would, if he would have rolled off, stopped, you know, just like taking it down a few percent and and paced Villapoto, done his lap the rest of the race, you know, like. Well, Ping. Didn't as, he already have seven seconds or something when he went down? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know something like that. And, and and Rhino's not here, otherwise we could ask him. So I'll settle for you, Ping. Um, you know he didn't he didn't crash on that wall jump. He ironically, although I don't even know if it's ironic, he ironically crashed on a jump that he had jumped probably fifty times already. That the whole field was doing, that no one had a problem. So let's analyze his actual crash, Ping. Was that crash from too much aggression? I mean, he wheelie. The the problem was is, is the front wheel never touched the 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 face of the jump or the ground before it no the problem is he hasn't been eating all natural organic pixie willow uh, sticks oh and his hips uh, locked up tight yeah, tight <laughs> um so like d- does he no he i just to me i think he just how does that crash you know, happen? if you is look that at a... that jump that a turn was chewed up and and this is one thing i always hated about daytona i i could run outdoor stuff there if it wasn't for the little square edge curves that, that build at the base of those jumps because yeah. you're you're laying dirt on top of soft soil so there gets to be a little square edge notch right at the base of all these jumps i mean it, you can do a big jump with outdoor suspension i mean look at the nationals we got huge jumps but those little sharp square edges i mean you'd bottom out so hard it would hurt your ankles yeah at the face of a jump base of it so 
a lot of times what you've got to do is pick the front wheel up just enough to get over that curb and set it kind of right into the face and then do the jump from there. I mean, I, I remember triples where you had to do that, which was sketchy. So I think he was trying to just kind of keep the front wheel light over those little curves. And if you look, you can see and there's a, a, just a line of a curb edge bump all the way along the base of that jump. And he just got a little too much traction or too much throttle, and the front wheel came up a little higher than he wanted. And... You know, Disaster. he stayed in it, right. or, or you know, it just happened so fast he didn't realize whatever. Yeah. And then he was seat bouncing it and pretty much catapulted himself. <laughs> I, he just got really lucky, man, because he oh, could have been horrible. Oh, could have been oh, horrible. Oh, could have been bad. Yeah, it was like that was almost as bad as Trey's in L.A. Yeah. Where you just went, man, that dude just avoided like. The, oh. Yeah, I mean, he 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 got upset at a reporter early before the season about you know. Why don't you not win or crash? Why don't you slow it down? He got he got upset. Then it appeared that he actually did slow it down and use his head. And now at Houston and now Daytona, you could argue that his overaggression has caused him to crash. So I'm confused. But I remember talking to uh, Bailey about this, and he said, uh, kind of like as Carmichael came along, he was always an aggressive guy, and he still was aggressive to the end of his career. But he said he kind of learned he. He felt that Ricky learned eventually how to pull away by inches instead of feet, and it was still going to, you know, you know, I'm going to put two tenths of a second on this guy every lap to the end of the race, and that'll be enough. And he said it's really hard to, to figure that out, to manage that. Um, and it seems like that's, Stewart doesn't do it that way. It's pulling away by as max as he can pull away, or he's not pulling away at all a couple times this year when he was riding conservatively. There's nothing in between. Yeah. And. You know, I, but I will say this in his defense. It's so easy for people to say, why don't you just go from 100% to 95? Well, they don't have a dial. Oh, they don't? Oh. Uh, yeah. Let's flip open the chest panel here and dial in the code for the 95%. You know. We, it's, have you tried to speak with Sui since Daytona? Uh, no. I have. No, it's not working. It um, didn't work. No. Well, I'll give him credit for this. You know, Houston and Atlanta were pretty much disasters, too. And... I mean, the over-under on Stewart doing an interview, I think it was the odds were 2,000 to 1. Yeah. But he came out and talked to the press both times. So um, this one I didn't know if he was even in what condition he was even in, you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, just no, pure I, madness, yeah. he's still actually giving quotes. So I'll give him credit there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, in with the that, past, you would have been forget about it. Yeah, no, good point. And with that, let's uh, let's take a commercial on the btosports.com RacerX podcast show here. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bicar body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. 
Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. And we're back. Um, hey, let's move on a little bit. You know what? I didn't realize um, until I rewatched the race, Dungey, I thought Dungey was further up there on the start. And I'm maybe didn't maybe I didn't give him enough credit for his third place, but good ride for Dungey. I didn't I, I, the first time I saw him, I think he was in fifth or, or sixth. So I was like, oh, that's where he was. But upon rewatching no, the race, yeah. your your boy Shorty went ahead and punted him right off the first turn. My boy Shorty, my boy Shorty on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, high banks, and he he was like sixteenth maybe. Yeah. Uh, why he is he really well? Why is he my boy Shorty? I don't know. You, you love. I mean, we all like Shorty, but you just like love him. You do his website, uh, hang out. I, I think you're his boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Boy. Well, Villapoto thinks that I'm Reed's guy, and Timmy thinks that I'm Villapoto's guy, and so I just like to clarify exactly whose guy I am, so I know myself. But well, before when you were <laughs> mentioning the comment whoever, on the whoever has website, food. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cal, whoever's got Cali is a truck. When you had the fan comment there on our site about your kissing blank, you could fill in the blank with any rider's name. Yeah. Where you said you're kissing his ass. Right. Because whatever we do, it's, oh, you always say that because you're a Reed fan, and the next week suddenly you guys always say that because you're a Stewart fan. Like, it's amazing how, yeah. you know, right. we're, we're biased. Um, We've been biased in favor of everyone somehow. Yeah. No, but uh, Dungey rode well to get a third. Reed rode well to get a second. Um, I thought I thought Reed would be a little better, to be honest. I really did. I was at his house during the week, and – you know, you know how much he loves Daytona, and uh, you know, I thought he would be a little better. Second is fine, but uh, I thought he would be closer to RV. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, but he because, was he well, was way back on the start too, wasn't he? No, he was like fourth or fifth. He had to pass Shorty, and he had to pass Millsaps. But I expected him to pass both of those dudes way quicker than what he did. I just don't think that track lends itself to it. Right. You know, at one point I was thinking to myself, it seemed like uh, Stewart and Reed had an edge on Villapoto in Atlanta. And I was like, wow, he flipped that around real quick. But it's just, it's so completely different. And I think that the guys were just riding the track. You know, they were just right. going to get what they were going to get. It wasn't like, okay, these two guys are in front of me. i got to make this pass. i got to go after Ryan. James pulling away. That's what you would probably do under normal circumstances. Yeah. But here it was, don't crash. It's dark. There's holes. <laughs> I can't see them. This track is rough. I'm getting tired. <laughs> Well, and and you say he should have been closer to Villapoto. Villapoto is, is, I mean, if you had to say, is he more of a supercross or outdoor guy? He's an outdoor guy. Like he loves going fast, rough, picking lines. He loves that stuff. Yeah, amazing at it. So Daytona is, is his type of track. Yeah, but so yeah. you know, you put Reed and Villapoto on an outdoor track. I mean, I'll go ahead and say right now, Villapoto will be your outdoor national champion. Like, wow. He's going to kill people wow. this summer. As wow. fit as he is and what he's, you know, momentum he's building now. Yeah, wow. it's going to be a long summer for the rest of those guys, I think. Right. And, I, like I said, I just think you put Reed and him on an outdoor track right now, Villapoto is going to beat him straight yeah, up. I guess. I guess just Reed, so, Reed, Reed has won there three times. Should have been a fourth, although, you know, it was in the muddy, so you really can't say. And I know personally from experience just how – pumped he is about that place and how excited he is yeah. and you know his, his 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 whole attitude changes so 
Um, you sure he was fifth or sixth up to start? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Weege, go to a third party here. Weege, where was he? I think that I I think I think he was that close position wise, but the gap was big. Like the gap was quickly, yeah. it was quickly Stewart. Big gap to Villapoto. Big gap to everyone else. Yeah. So well, it we, sounds like, well, he's the fifties, only three guys away, but that was like ten seconds. Ping quickly. Weege doesn't know he was too busy caught in the vortex. That is Larry Nastin. <laughs> oh boy. What a Weejant. What a blowhard that dude is. Seriously. I think he backed it down this year. There were like five or six crazy moments instead of like fifteen oh. or six. He he backed it down to ninety percent. <laughs> there was a chess dial on Larry Nastin. There was a chess dial on him. Honestly, like, look, if he was standing here in the room, I would tell him this. I just, I, I, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, That's what you tell him? I'd, I'd be like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, seriously, okay, Larry, we know you know these guys. We know, well, you don't know the current guys, but we know that you can tie the guys that you do know into the current guys somehow if you look hard enough. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. And yeah. also, I don't think he really follows today's action well enough to know what's going on in the series. So, I'm just not sure you can dust someone off and bring them out. Larry Huffman, God love him, wasn't very good at the Anaheim Retro Race. So, that's that's my yeah. rant for the day. Okay. Uh, um, okay, so now that I praised Dungy, and I didn't realize how far back he was, can I just criticize a little bit? Ping, can I? He still, in like the last three or four races, he has not straight up passed any of the other four guys. Pay attention. Um, without them being on the ground. he he. Ha- I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I talked to Mike Webb, his team manager yesterday. Mike said that he thought Daytona was the best race all season for Dungy. I'm waiting for him to beat one of those guys. Straight up beat him. Catch him, pass him, beat him. He hasn't done it for like three or four races. Weege, what do you make of that? Yeah, honestly, uh, L.A. I think was the only race we've seen him truly in the mix. Um, you know, he got yeah. past, he would pass guys back, he'd go back after guys. Right. Um, the only thing, though, with Daytona, in the heat race, he got the whole shot, and Villapote is behind him, and they battled pretty hard for a lap or two, and Dungey would not let him by, and then Dungey actually started to pull out. Yeah. And... I don't know if Filippotti was going to regroup and go back after him, or maybe he was just saying, you know what, it's a heat race. But I was like, okay, Dungey fended off Filippotti, and he might, and then his bike quit. And then that <laughs> put him in the LCQ, and it gave him a bad gate pick, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when they went straight up in a heat, it looked like Dungey was able to match him. And he, so and it would have been interesting. And he beat, one of the, he beat one or two of those jerkies in Atlanta in the heat. He's de- in the heats, he's done it. Yeah. I'm just in the main – he gets, he's right there, right behind him. Here's your chance, Dungy. Make it happen. And he hasn't. So I'm putting him, you know, behind the other four guys. Although poor Trey Kennard, he, he's had a couple of rough weeks. But, uh, um, you know. I'm putting no, I agree. I agree. You can't argue with that stat. Right. You can't. Thank you. It hasn't happened. Thank you. Nope. Thank you. Nope. Now we hate Dungy. Now <laughs> <laughs> let everybody know that. Um I don't hate Dungy. I'm bummed that his bike keeps breaking. I mean, I think that's like those guys have got to be just punching yeah. the wall over there because that stuff doesn't happen. I, you don't just throw chains and. Well, I talked I to Mike. Last time he saw a case break like that. I talked to Mike Webb oh. yesterday about it, and he said <laughs> they can't figure out the chain thing. Although they're pretty sure it was the canard hitting him in the couple turns before, 
um, which I would believe because Kennard said, dude, I really hit Dungy hard. Like he was – he said that. So they're, they're kind of chalking that up. This weekend, I could have swore that something let go internally on the bike because of the way Dungy's reaction was. Because how are you going to know if, if you got a hole in your case ping and you're leaking oil and everywhere and all that? How are you really going to stop that suddenly? You know what I mean? Um, no, something broke. Well, that's are not, you going to just have a hole in your case? Something broke in there and punched a hole. And well, no. The, Mike Webb says, it, you know, Mike Webb said it was a rock that hit it from externally, and that's what broke it. I, I well, of course, he's going to say that. Well, what's he going to say? Oh, yeah, Suzuki part, you know, broke no, inside but, of our bike. No, it was an off the record no, conversation. A rock hit. It was totally off. Sounds like it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only reason. Trust me, hey, there's no such thing as an off the record conversation with member of the media. Well, I'm just saying. I was like, hey, <laughs> clearly not, since he's bringing it up on this show. I would only, I would only bring it up. I would only bring it up because they're, because I, because they say they're basically. I'm being proven wrong, so I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, if they had said, yeah, we had something punch hole through the case, I wouldn't say another word. I would go like, because I, that's what I believe happened. I believe something let go inside. So. Um, I'm sort of it, a mechanic. Typically, it, correct me if I'm wrong, on these four strokes, every time I've had one blow up, and I've seen them blow up from, you know, a, a drain plug falling out, so same scenario where oil runs out, they get hot and they seize, and it goes from running completely fine and normal to locked up. Yeah, yeah, it depends. It looked like he went off that jump, and it was like, oh, something's weird, and you're off the next one, and you could see him sort of like, yeah, wow. He knew something was wrong, and then he looked down and rolled off. It, it didn't just lock up. Yeah. Anyways, uh, wh- whatever the case was, it, it de- definitely did not lock up. You're right. you're correct about that. Um, Mike Webb's like, yeah, this is too too. It's on my watch, and Goose is now like, I can't remember the last time. I, I told Mike, Goose probably doesn't even know how to fix a bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> when, when has he ever had to fix something? Uh, uh, but uh, uh, you know, anyways, yeah, definitely bad luck for for Ryan and uh, and his team. Doesn't look good. Um, looks like Brett Metcalf's going to miss this weekend too. So bummer on that. He's had a he's had a tough go. And oh, he got man, yeah thrashed by Trey's bike. Did you watch that thing in slow motion? <laughs> I didn't watch it in slow motion. No, but, oh. yeah. Trey punted him, like hit him, yeah. center punched him, and then as his bike rolled over, I mean, Metcalf's lucky his foot peg didn't just tear it chunk of meat off of him because it went straight across him. Right. Um, Andrew Short, riding well. That, th- that 350, I've been telling you guys all season that that is the answer. Um, you rewind the tape. Listen to the tape. I've been saying it. I've been praising it. Um, no, but Weege, he's riding good. Uh, you know, I talked to the, uh, Ian and, and Roger over there and then Shorty for a while about that bike and – they said, you know, it's not like they've made drastic changes over the last four weeks when all of a sudden right. the guys are getting in the top ten where before they were really struggling. And as much as everyone on the outside, we were all predicting, oh, can you imagine how depressed they are? They spent all this time and money, and it's a failure. I think they have a much longer-term plan than, I guess, the first four weeks of Supercross and Alessi last summer. Right. And they, they said, hey, if these guys want to ride a 450 outdoors, it's cool. You know, they're not married to this. Um, but I, uh, I – sounds like they didn't have to change it but the guys are just learning how to ride the bike and where shorty's finished last couple races is pretty much where he'd finish on any other bike at this now he's back where he would have been i mean i don't think it's unrealistic not going to go there and run filipoto down no no but even on a honda 450 yeah no yeah he's right where he would be hey ping i was uh i was watching shorty and i usually watch from the press box you know but um 
I was down there on the side of the track like Daytona is. Dude, he revs the shit out of that bike. Like, seriously. He comes off, he lands off jumps. That thing is wide open, a la 250F. Yeah, yeah you got to ride it definitely more like a 250 than a 450. If you try to just roll through your turn and then use the power out of it, you know, that, yeah. that's probably what he was doing first part of the season. And it's yeah. just, you can't ride it like that. Yeah. No, I really race that bike. That's, that's just the characteristic of it, man. It's, that's, I thought the he was benefit is it'll turn quicker, it's lighter feeling. Right. You've got to ride it harder. What's that, Weege? I thought he was going to jump that gator pit that Stewart did because he would come across the mechanics area and across the start. Yeah. I don't even know if he was going faster, but it was, you know, 5,000 RPM higher than everyone else. I'm like, dude, he is going to go for it. But it's just, yeah. it's just the way he's riding the bike. How could you hear that over Nastin? Practice. This is during practice. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, no. Yeah. He, uh, I guess Stewart, too, jumped that wall. Reed told me he jumped that wall last lap of the of the second practice, yep. and and last lap of the heat race. He uh, in practice the second practice he didn't even put in a fast lap at all. He was twenty yeah. third fastest. He didn't even he just cruised around, and then he was like idling across the the starting line, uh-huh. went over to it and just blipped it and went right over, and then pulled off and rode in. And I said, I swear I just saw Stewart <laughs> jump that thing going seven miles an hour. And right. LaRocco was next to me. He's like, yeah, I think he did. And I'm like, did we really just see that? <laughs> yeah, didn't I, even, I never noticed. Yeah. yeah, and then he did do it on the last lap of the heat race just to really put the hex on everyone. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't, now you will not have a chance to try it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sneaky. Sneaky that way. Um, mm-hmm. What else in the 450 class stood out? Uh, Millsaps uh, was good, got tired, though. Man, if you look at his lap times, they, they dropped pretty drastically, which shouldn't come as a big surprise. Um, but he rode well. He rode well for a little while. Um, what else? Any? Um, Alessi had one heck of a... Oh, he had exciting... His night was alive. Yeah. His night was alive. Things were changing. <laughs> he got stuck in the gate, which yeah. I thought was actually a good sign in a way of he clearly was really, really trying to get the whole shot bad uh-huh. now. Right. Like old school style. Um, but he was, he was stuck in it. Nice comeback I mean, from that, though. Seconds he was stuck in it. Nice comeback from that. He was dead last going the first turn, and by the end of the three quarters of the way through the first lap, he was uh, like an eighth already. Yeah, well, the same thing with Dungey and Short there. I think you see in those first, the start almost didn't matter as much as what you did in the second and third turn. You could just come out on the good end or bad. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Ping, anything yeah. else stand out in your mind? Well, just there were some people kind of giving him crap for pulling over for Stewart, but. He was getting blue flags waved at him, you yeah, know, and I'm sure yeah. he didn't know what happened with James. I'm sure he just figured he was being lapped, you know. The, so that's that's a trick. Like, when I've had bad races where I go down in the first turn or something, I mean, that's a trick anybody uses. Like, you watch guys who are going down. Like, I saw Ivan do it this year. If you can jump in with the lead pack and just try to hang with them, you know, when they start blowing through people and they're getting the blue flag and wave at lappers, they'll just assume you're with that lead pack and they'll let you run by. Yeah. You know, when you start picking up spots, you can pick up, you know, a good number of places that way. Yeah, as a uh, as a former mechanic, I've had many riders uh, pass on the – use the blue flag to gain a position or lose a position because they thought that, like you said, Ping, the dude was racing. So it's, uh, you know, you're dealing with uh, – that's how it happens. It, ha- it happens all the time, yeah. every race. I'm every- sure unless he kicked himself when he went back in, though, you know. Cause... Well, but it's not like he's going to hold off Stewart anyways, you know. Well, he was late in the race. I don't know. He might have. No. Zero chance. <laughs> no? There's only like two laps left. You no. Think he, if he no. if they would have said Stewart's coming, you know. Nope. Nope. Yeah, he's right. Nope. 
Trust me. He is an ex-brand goggle athlete, and I was cheering for him, but it wasn't going to happen. Um, well, anyway, people were bagging on him like he wasn't yeah, trying, or he just like let yeah, a guy go by. I agree. He um, didn't just let him go by. He thought he was being left. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and Ivan Tedesco and Trey Kennard both crashes. Uh, Kennard <laughs> went down a couple times, and Tedesco was uh, struggling out there for sure. He, he told Kenny that it was the roughest track he's ever ridden, so uh, not sure. No, it gives you an idea how how his night went. Um, another thing Kenny said was Wyndham pulled off the track, got seventh, pulled off the track, took his helmet off, and just yelled the f bomb, real big, like like as as if he couldn't believe how how gnarly it was, like just like just was like wow, you know. So, um, Wyndham. Had but it leads to great racing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, those last ten laps were just riveting. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's go to uh, the lights class real quick here. Try to wrap this thing up. There was a number fifty-seven on a Kawasaki leading Daytona, and if I closed my eyes, one eye, and squinted with the other, <laughs> I could have swore it took me back to nineteen ninety-seven when another fifty-seven on a Kawasaki was leading Daytona. Yep. I didn't close it out quite the way Baggett did, but <clears throat> I had that race one. You had it one. Yeah, the week prior, this was back when Gainesville was the weekend right before Daytona, and Steve Lassen jumped on me, broke my broke a bone in my finger, my pinky finger, but like smashed it good. It was crooked, still crooked to this day. <laughs> so I was staying at Ricky's at the time, and during the week I'm trying to ride. I can't, I can't ride. It's killing me. I'm like, I'll tape it, you know, hopefully it'll be good for Daytona. Get down there, and it's killing me. Like, I did the first practice, and I had them taped together, and that was actually worse. <laughs> so I called Mitch, and I'm like, Mitch wasn't there. Mitch or Bones were not there. Uh, it was Mike Hooker at the time, who was our team manager. And uh, I'm like, Hook, I don't think I can ride, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't hold on. It's, like, killing me. And I'm going to be a bit of a pussy. <clears throat> but he calls Mitch, <laughs> and Mitch says, what? Like, he has a broken pinky. Tell him he's riding. Period. He's going to go try. Right. <laughs> so, I go out. There was no waiver. Is, there was no waiver for you to sign. Daytona used to be gnarlier when it was daytime. Yeah. It was just gnarlier. It was so freaking hot down there and humid. So, I was just like, you know, it was one of those things where I, I'm like, I'm going to go out and suck because, you know, this sucks. My pinky's broken. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Pull shot and just, like, checked out. Yeah. Like, I had probably six, seven-second lead right away. And I'm doing laps. Everything's good until I got to about lap 10. And I'm like, wow, it's been like a half an hour, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I was only fit for maybe 14 minutes. So, <clears throat> your boy, Barry, and John Dowd pulled me in, and uh, I made a mistake in a rhythm lane, and they both got me. Ended up third, but. I look, if you, I got a picture from Andrew Fredrickson at Racer X. I said, hey, man, you got any 97 Daytona pictures? And he sent me one. It's like, it, it looks just like Blake, 57 on a PC bike. Yeah. Skinny little kid. That's when I act back when I was a skinny little kid. Wow. Oh. Anyway, yeah, took me back. <laughs> what a great story. I'm in tears. I'm in tears. We did be. Uh, it was. It was uh, excellent. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if we, I don't know if I continue on. I think Timmy, I Timmy Ferry got a second. John Dowd won. Timmy Ferry didn't win a race that year. Second at every round. Yes. Title. But what happened? Beating Ricky Carmichael for the title. Yeah. Ricky Carmichael yep. crashed about a million times that weekend at Daytona and was, yes, 
crying. Was he crying? Oh, he cried. He cried every time he didn't he yeah. crash or how he did like that. <laughs> he did cry a lot back then, didn't he? Cried a lot. Yeah. Miami Heat of Supercross. <laughs> <laughs> Dowd had that title. Dowd had a pretty nice points lead. Would he break his hand that year, I think, right? I mean, Dowd, if I remember, Ferry got the lead. Dowd passed him. Dowd went off the track. Ferry passed him. And then Dowd got him again. And I think he had a nice points lead at that point. Then I think he broke his hand. Like, Dowd had... I don't remember what happened to Dowd. Why can't you don't remember Ping at all? Like, your whole story revolved around Dowd and Ferry, but... Honestly, when you were telling me about the 57 thing, I'm like, who's he tying into this? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't remember you were 57 that year. Keen laughs of that main event, which. Um, there's a there's a dirt bike cover, dirt bike magazine cover with the first turn ping, and you're you're obviously right there. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was on the cover. You and Super Hunky. I, I remember I was watching that race on TV with my girlfriend and trying to convince her that Supercross was cool, and I was like, "Yeah, the only thing is that this Daytona race never really has good battles." I was saying that then. <laughs> Um, I'm saying it today. Let's uh, let's talk about the real 57, though. 57 from 2011. Uh, Baggett dominated, huh? Pulled away from. I mean, is Barsha? Barsha is obviously not 100, percent but I mean, can 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 Justin blame a a wrist injury for Baggett pulling away, or was this just Baggett's race? Weed? He's dead. Um, you want me on this? Uh, I, Baggett has proven over the previous two rounds right. that he can obviously. Mix it up with uh, – he's easily as strong a favorite, I think, as Wilson or Barsha. So, I'm sure Barsha was affected. I think the last couple of laps he was really, I think, struggling with that. Uh-huh. As he, as he should. But, um, I mean, straight up, in Houston or Atlanta, I mean, Bagger was right there. He just didn't pass him. He, you know, he could have won either of those races. So, yeah. it's legit. So, in your eyes, Baggett is, is, is as much in this as, as the other two. I mean, yep. we know he is in the points, but I'm saying, like, you know, like, he's going to straight up beat those guys in your mind. That wasn't a lucky, right. you know, he didn't deserve to win that one. He could have won it no matter how right. it went, possibly. You want to talk about snoozers, talk about that Lights main event. That was a snoozer. Dude. That was. Dude. I mean, Natson probably had to reach down into his RJ stories and Axel stories for that. Well, it was, we were, on our, we were on, our, on our toes because of the wavering between Barsha and Barcia. Sometimes, I think... I didn't realize that Barsha's parents, he hyphenated his last name, and ironically, the mom was named Barcia, and the dad was named Barsha. His name was Justin Barcia Barsha all night long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on who he was trying to cater to. Um, <laughs> yeah, Justin Barcia uh, Barsha. I'm a little surprised that Sipes dropped off so much. Did you know what happened? Did he have a mistake in the main? Because he, he, was... he had one lap where he was nine seconds off, so I don't know if he fell or went off the track or yeah. something. But... Well, see, I told somebody that I was like, yeah, he fell. I think he fell, tipped over, and they were like, no, 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 he didn't crash. And I'm like, huh? How does he lose the back that far, you know, lose the lose the rear fender of Barsha so much? Because I, I looked for Sipes to do, you know, really good things. Obviously, third is, is great, but, um, you know, let's just suit Sipes, I think, that track. Hey, Sipes yeah, he was a good third, dude. Like his, his podium speech and stuff, like, he reminds me a lot of Wyndham. He's got, like, the little twang, and but he's, he's also very um, – I don't know. He was interesting to listen to. I, I'm a big Ryan Sipes fan, man. I, I just I keep pulling for him to get a win, but yeah, he's a good he's dude. Like, I had to make sure um, that we were good after I wrote about his move in uh, Atlanta that I didn't like. You know, I had to like be like, "Hey, dude, are we still cool? I didn't like that move you did on Wharton, but or Houston. I didn't like that move you did on Wharton, but we're good." And he was like, "Oh yeah." So 
<laughs> I like him. He's a good guy. <clears throat> He's good with you, then you're good with him. I said I was thinking he was going to be pissed, you know. I mean, I got to write what I got to write. Like, I get paid sure. to write my sure. opinion, so I I'm, I'm have to do that. But um, what what else? Uh, Wilson Wilson's night was a disaster. Went off the track, fell down, um, still on it pretty good. And his bike was mangled. I think it was three laps that he was banging his clutch lever back. I mean, it was yeah. Shea Bentley. Sorry to give you flashbacks, Ping, but it was Shea Bentley level pointing straight up. Right. And it took – and you don't really see that happen very much nowadays where that thing was that mangled. And right. I mean, he was barely even riding the first couple of laps. I'm like, man, he's not going to get anything out of this. Um, kind of like Stewart. I mean, Stewart was so far back. Um, so I can't believe he came back and eventually got in the top ten. Yeah, it was a good good ride. And what about Mookie? I got Mookie fever, but he needs to fucking stay off the ground. Like, <laughs> like he just wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just yeah, I just dropped that on you guys. Uh, you need kind of feeling, and Mookie needs to stop crashing. No, like, like, dude, he's really good. He's way better than I thought he would be. I had no idea. I'm not an amateur guy, Weed. You know this, and no, uh, no. and I had no idea. The guys was jumping that triple double. That no one else was doing in the lights class. Barely any 450 guys did. Um, triple double in that one section every lap. He's just, I, th- he, I think he could win. Can he win? Weege. No. I think he has the same speed as those guys. Uh, there's been no indication that he could, you know, hit his marks for 15 straight laps. Oh, that sounds sounds, you know, sounds really familiar. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder where he learned all this. But, when, the, when those guys are practicing during the week, is it just like a cartwheel yard sale every? <laughs> Like, yeah. does Big James yeah, just really have putting in laps or just qualifying? Does, does Big James just have subframes and handlebars for Suzuki's and, <laughs> and Yamaha's everywhere? Like, I, I am. He's so far above where he was as an amateur. Is he? You know, okay. I, I know All I right. said it a couple yeah. weeks ago. Right. Weston Pike handled them at Loretta's, and that was like the year that, oh, Mookie's in the B class now. He's ready to go. There's not much competition in here. Nobody knew who Weston Pike was, and Weston Pike t- took it to him. I'm I'm amazed at how fast he's going. Yeah, and so he's top five for sure if he can hold it together. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He might have a speed win, but he's got to figure out how, like you said, how to hit his marks every lap. Yeah, it's like you watch him, you just know it's coming. I'm almost cringing. I got like one head on my face, like a horror movie as I'm watching him ride. Like, okay, ah, well, nervous. When Larry Brooks gets back from his family time, I don't think there's any doubt that. Mookie should be on James's team real soon, I would think. Um, they don't have any other teammates at the moment. Yeah, what's up? Stablemates. With, hey, there's a big conspiracy That's theory. That's what they're being called now on television, right? Stablemates. Stablemates? Is that it? Stablemates. That's wow. the latest thing. Um, yeah. There's a, big, there's a big conspiracy going on, and I don't even know if it's true or has any. I have no idea. But more than a few industry people. Were saying to me, "Hey, don't you think it's funny that like Regal said that you know Larry was out and James was the boss in, in an interview with you know the investigative journalist Jim Hawley at uh, <laughs> at uh, Atlanta, and then Regal tweeted that he was on a plane going to Daytona, looking forward to the race, and the next day an injury, he came out with like he's out for the season. Like, there's some people speculating that he he may have yeah. been fired. We did you hear that?" Oh, yeah, I heard that because of the, the Twitter feeds. And then he's actually been tweeting this week just random, bizarre stuff, but, you know, nothing about Rodney. But I'm not saying you can read anything into that. Yeah. 
But did you hear that He's from? Me? Did you Somewhere. hear that from me, Weege? Was it? Was it? Or did yeah, you hear? Yeah, I think I actually did hear it from you, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, because I heard it from some people, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not saying it's true or not. But Regal's gone. Larry's gone. Dang was wasn't there. <laughs> oh. Like. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's an inter- if you're looking into soap operas and dramas and everything, then so uh, who is over there? Just his posse. Uh, well, uh, Oscar's there. Paul Delorier, Dudley, um, Sergio. I know that we're probably out of line to be asking these questions, and it's just family time for Larry. But every other team has something in common. They have a designated team manager at the races. So are we that out of line? to wonder who is their team manager. Every other team, except for the only team I ever know of that didn't have a team manager, was the infamous, <laughs> and you know what's I knew, coming. I knew what was coming. The infamous 06 Rockstar Suzuki team of Jason Lawrence, Sean Hamblin. And Mike Brown. Mike Brown. <laughs> Mike Brown. And Ryan Mills. And Ryan Mills, yes, which collectively might have been the worst run, worst organized, worst <laughs> results, worst bike reliability, and worst meshing of personalities team. Yes. That has ever rocked this sport, and that's the only other team I can think of that literally did not have a team manager. So uh, is it crazy for us to wonder? Like, is that – that's not a legit question on our part? Family time, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you make of that, Ping? We didn't talk about that because there was no podcast in Atlanta. What do you make of this Brooks thing? Do you even care? No, I, I'm just – I'm not going to speculate until it all comes out because it's just it, – obviously, at this point, Brooks isn't just taking family time. Oh. I'm sorry you don't just take family time in the middle of a series. I mean. I thought maybe there was a deal on Six Flags, and he got like two for one Six Flags. And he was like, I'm just going to stay another week because this is awesome. Typically where there's smoke, there's fire. If James has been talking about buying the team, you know, doing his own thing, then that's probably what's going down. But we'll, I guess we'll find out when we find out. Is who? Who's been acting as team manager over there? Is it his dad? I don't know. Um, I think that people assume it's Sergio. his dad, but I, think I, it's I would think it's just, you know, Paul or, you know, the guys who have been in some level of race, right? whatever, industry, mm-hmm. jobs before. It just seems like they were upgraded. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think it's it is it, funny. I don't think it's going to be too long. I mean, obviously, Malcolm will, 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 will honor his contract, but I, I can see Malcolm and James being together. That would be not a big shock to me. Malcolm's Malcolm's good. He's proven it, man. I think he's, he's you know. Yeah, absolutely. Much like I said, much better than I thought. And poor Tony Alessi, who's always dreamed of having a super team oh. of his two sons <laughs> together to conquer the world, and uh, and it looks like Big James is, may beat him to that goal. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, let's get Varner on the phone. Let's get what? Let's get Terry Varner on this. <laughs> ASAP. Go back the way it was in the amateur days. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the less boys. When they, when they literally, Villapoto didn't win a race for it 12 whole months. <laughs> uh, what about the lights class? What else? Uh, Wharton? Man, I, I don't even notice Wharton, and I, I feel yeah. bad. He got fourth again, and he's strong rider. But eventually, I think Geico is going to be like, dude, you got to do something. Right? Well, yeah. Blake's a good kid, yeah. first of all, so I think it's easy to keep him around. And if no one else is beating him that is available to hire, who else are going to hire? Why well, wouldn't you but, look? Yeah. Man, it's like one of these times, 
you know, you, you got to, when you've got a lead and you're about to win a race, you got to not tuck your front end, throw it away. I mean, yeah. It's like he's got the speed, he's got all the pieces, it just doesn't happen for him. Yeah, the puzzles, the, the, yeah, everything's not quite coming together. Uh, I thought Jason Anderson had a good ride. He did not look good in practice. He barely made the main event. Uh, got the pass for ninth place in the heat on the last lap. But once he got in the main event, was uh, was sixth and was solid. I wonder, you know, how much his teammate Ian Treadle, who's uh, who crashed really bad, how much that was yeah. weighing on him all day. What, you know? what, so when what happened with Ian? When did he crash? In practice, <clears throat> but I didn't in see practice. it. But I didn't see it. It was, uh, and from everyone that saw it, they said he was just cruising. It was like the second lap of practice. I just talked to him because he had missed Atlanta with a broken collarbone. Said he had a plate put in it in 10 days. And lo and behold, he was back at Daytona. He said he rode one day and he felt totally fine. I'm not, I don't think that had anything to do with them crashing, by the way. And they said he was just checking out. It was just like the routine double right in the middle of the track. And next thing I know, I just see his bike upside down. And then I just, the bike was there forever. You know, normally, you know, you turn, you watch the intersection of the track, and the dude's back up. Right. Um, was it that where, where they come back onto the across the start straight that double? No, uh, they went across start straight. They went over that Stewart jump, and they made a left and a right. And I mean that straightaway was really, you know, I'm sure it was gnarly with holes and ruts, but it didn't have crazy obstacles on it. Uh, um, yeah. So I don't know, um, but everybody said kind of like you know the Jimmy Button scenario, just kind of cruising, checking out the track. Yeah. Which also is how Ernie kind of got hurt from when I stood at the Honda track. You know. Oh, really? Yeah, Ernie was just sort of uh, cruising. You oh, know? Easy oh I heard he was doing sprints. Oh. Who knows? Okay, well. Yeah. Well, either way, um, Ian's in you know, critical condition, an induced coma, a swelling in his yep. brain. It's like it's a serious deal, man. He's Yeah. I don't wanna, and I don't want to make light of this kid. situation. Our thoughts are with him. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's as bad as, I mean, very rarely. Even, even though we're hearing much more bad news like this over the last couple of years than we used to, Still, you don't deal with this very often. Like this is so much worse than you know a dude breaking his femur. Even you know what I mean. This is yeah, this is bad stuff. And, and I just again, I don't want to make light of this, but I must feel. I feel I have to throw this out. Weege, were you not talking to Kyle Chisholm right before his heat race in Houston? Oh, oh you're right. And you just said you were just were just talking to Ian Dreadle. I did. Okay. I did, and I rarely even get time to go to the pits and talk to the dudes in between like that. You're um, the Grim Reaper happening. I think those are the only two conversations I've had with any riders before they rode all year. I'm just, <laughs> oh man, that's not good. That's not good. I'm just saying. Dude, you think the guys wanted to avoid me already before? Yeah. Uh, Wait until this gets out. Speaking of avoiding, um, Weege, what did Porcel have to say when you spoke to him? Um, I, Ping, you should have seen him. It was like a little boy at Christmas. We're standing oh, I there. I thought I had a scoop. We're standing so there. Me, Weege, John Knowles, a couple other people. Stan, David Iser. David Iser. Yep. Having a good conversation. Talking, laughing, joking. Ping, or we, Ping. Weege sees Porcel and loses all bodily control and function oh, yeah. and runs over to him. Like, oh, yeah. in the middle of a sentence. Was like, he's like, oh, my God, there's Purcell. And it was like the little, yeah. little, little dust cloud. So I knew if I got a scoop right then and there, that Davey would say, here's the rest of your paychecks for the rest of the year. Take the year off. <laughs> By George, you've done it. <laughs> and so and I what? Knew, actually, Maeda had just been talking to us like what two minutes before that. Yeah. So I'm like, it's on right now. Like someone is going to get this scoop, and it's going to be me or Don. And if we don't get it, I might be fired. And if I do get it, I'm done for the year. I'm set. So I ran over to the scoop, and it was 
a typical Christoph Porcel pointless. Yes, tell me, tell us. Oh, it's hilarious. I go, so what's the deal? You, uh, you're just going to race here on a privateer bike in the back of a pickup or something? I do not race motorcycles. I'm like, you just not, don't even race anymore. He's like, I do not even ride them. I'm like, that's it. You're, you're, that's it? Yes, I do not ride or race motorcycles. And I'm like, who are you here with? What are you doing? Basically gave me no answer, and uh, that was the end of my scoop. I believe he never broke stride either. No. No, I had to. I was, yeah, Payne, you really should have seen this. I wish we could have shot video at Daytona because this would have been the best. Yeah, it was me walking sideways, like lateral movement, to like get in his ear while he was walking and not breaking stride at all. See, to me, I'm not like doing that. Like a basketball that. player defending, defending his hoop? Yes. yes. Hey, I had Michelle, to, what are you doing? <laughs> like going down sideways. Charles Barkley could not have done this with his phantom defense. He could not have <laughs> right. had this conversation. So, so we got nothing. We got, we got nothing, Weege. Well, I also had in the back of my mind knowing that even if Porcel had told me what was going on and I reported it, his agent would then call me and tell me it's not true, even though I heard it directly from the guy. <laughs> so I had that in the back of my there, mind. There was too. a no-win situation going on. Good, yeah. good to see him yeah. there, though. I saw him talking to Mitch for a long time. I mean, I think, I think he'll be on a – I don't know what he's going to do. You know, the rumor I heard this weekend actually was with Josh Grant being out for so long. Um, I've heard, and his agent will probably then tell us this is inaccurate, that um, Team Honda has gone back to look at this situation. Because, I mean, realistically, Josh Grant's not going to be back for hangtown. Situation in Jersey Shore? What's that? <laughs> They're looking at the situation? They're looking I didn't at the even know he rode. But <laughs> he was out smashing. T-shirt time. T-shirt time. <laughs> He's in shape. <laughs> he's in shape. We know that. He's in shape. Yeah, he's fit. Uh, you mean Grant's not coming back for Hangtown? Really? I seriously thought that that was the whole plan the whole time. Well, I talked to Kehoe about that, and he said that's Grant's plan. Yeah. But if you do the math, yeah. he doesn't know if that's, that's, that's possible. Right, right. Right. So I mean, perhaps we see Porcel on there. Yeah, I heard a couple people indicate that. So now I'm probably going to get a phone call as soon as this gets posted, saying yeah. that that's it. These are inaccuracies, and we don't do our negotiating in the media. <laughs> exactly. I see yeah. him on a, I see him on Reed's team or a TLD Honda myself. But now let me throw this out there. Same situation, same dudes having a conversation. If J Law had come walking through the pits, what would the reaction be then? Just mobbed by every media member and every fan. What's up? What's going on? Uh, more so than Purcell, for sure. There, Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, I got continues to be more relevant. I got a tweet on Saturday on Saturday morning. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I got one. Where's J Law? Just but did you get anyone tweeting? Hey, I heard Purcell is there. Is he racing? Yeah. What is he doing this summer? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No one cares. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll see when it all plays That's out. Like things said. Because you media members ruined his career. Ruined him. We did. Because of you. we did. How's how's he gonna feel when he keeps reading that you go out with dinner with Trey Kennard? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I highly doubt he's reading observations. <laughs> Second of all, nothing seems to really bother this dude short of nuclear war. So no, no, I couldn't I couldn't get to him. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, what we need to send on the case. Who has a love hate relationship with him? But perhaps when it's in a love mode, we can figure it out. None other than Steve Cox. Ooh. Ooh. We can get yeah, that's true. That is his guy. We can get Cox on the case. Although he no longer works for I'll Racer X. But 
I would like to see Cox try to get the scoop and not get the scoop and then try to find some mental gymnastics to explain how he actually did, even though he didn't. Even though he didn't. It did work out in the end. Because he would not admit failure, that's for darn sure. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Or maybe maybe LeBig. Yeah, I think LeBig probably knows. No, you know what? No, never mind. The French media are part of the problem. No, the French. Oh. Yeah, no, I got that one. The French media are part of the problem. They love to tear down the heroes. Oh. So never mind. Oh, that's just it's true. stupid. That's what I heard. Ping, Ping, when you would go to Bercy every year, the French fans and media hated the French riders, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were never treated like heroes. Never. Never, ever. Oh. Ever. Jean-Michel Bale was not brought out in a giant hand <laughs> and presented to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. Anything else? Do we wrap this up? We covered it, right? What else in the lights class? Right else in the 450 class? Uh, I just want to say quick on Baggett. I think just oh, like um, uh, the West Coast with uh, Tomac picking things up, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to surprise some people at these last few rounds. I think Baggett is in a position to do the same thing. All the hype is around Barsha and Wilson, but right. Barsha, now that he's got a messed up hand, I mean, that's not going to get any better. And... I don't know. Wilson seems to be maybe have some chinks in his armor a little bit. He he made a lot of mistakes on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. Baggett is just solid. He's fast. If that kid keeps getting starts, look out. I mean, he he's way under the radar as far as a championship player, but and we know the, the num- kid- we know the number he runs the bike. So well, that was just a meaningless little antidote. I didn't. I I got a third. What do you get? <laughs> I just all I said was he looked like me, and I, right, I know. And you feel good for a second, like man, if I would have won, that's what I would have looked like. <laughs> awesome, Benjamin Button on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> you got a full set of hair, though, Ping. Um, yeah, nice wavy blonde surfer. I boy. did nice, nice hair. Yeah, I like to run my fingers. Oh, never mind. A um, couple things I want to talk about real quick before we go. Ken Roxon, very good. Not, not out of control. Road smooth, road smart, got an, got an eighth, I believe. Yeah, and he was around Stewart a couple times in the heat race. Stewart actually had a washed out the front end. Correct me if you tell me if you've heard that story before in the heat race. Um, like there were two or three times during the day and during the night where Roxon and Stewart were like near each other. And I was like, oh, if he's ever going to get crazy, here we go. Right. Nope. Just put in his laps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exact opposite, I think, of what we all expected to see happen. I I agree. Hey, that kid, that kid learned a lot. Like he, he's a completely different rider now from what he was when he, you know, at A one. I, I mean, agree, obviously, but his learning curve was steep, man. And like, when he comes back next year, he's a title contender right away. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He impressed me. We needed we need to at least mention that. Um. Also, uh, the dirt shark guy may be getting out of hand a little bit. Uh, he was sitting there talking to uh, myself and Kenny Watson when he grabbed his camera and said, I have to go go do a shark attack. So oh. I'm just saying that perhaps, yeah, he's going to go oh. do a shark attack. So, uh, uh, yeah, watch out for everybody for the shark attacks. Um, oh, you getting tired of your monster-flavored web porn? Every week or what? No, I no, I don't watch it really. I've seen three of them, and I think so. I feel like I've seen all of them. 
It's only he six. actually does a great job editing them. Like, it's done well. Yeah, but he doesn't edit them. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, okay. the doc doc from Transworld, Mike, edits them. So, oh, well. Uh, he does a good job. Uh, there's only so many times you can look at the camera and go, Dirt Shark! But, hey. That's all it is. What, it is. I know. What, what do I know? I'm just bitter, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Hey, did Transworld put up videos? No, I don't think they did. Oh, all right. Yeah, no video there was, big, there was a big battle pain yeah. because everyone came there thinking, oh, Feld's not running this one. We're going to have wide open access. And Daytona's like, yeah, I think you can do whatever you want. Let's just check the contract. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It says right here, no video at all. Yeah. Um, so then my aide is like, hey, man, I'm just going to run it. And I'm like, you know what? You probably can, and you can probably get away with it, but we'll get busted. Right. Um. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to run it. So maybe I, something I, happened. Uh, well, hold on. Uh, let me check his site real quick here. Right now. Yeah, let me do it right now and see if he did. This is a Racer X podcast. Let's, Let's let everybody know if you want exclusive <laughs> video content. <laughs> Go to. The Dirt Shark did get. Did or you get, can always check Dirt Shark. Dirt Shark. <laughs> uh, uh, no videos. No. Uh, Dirt Shark did get put up a video. He did get kicked out at the end of the night. Uh, they asked him who he was filming for, and he said Honda. So that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, always, that's always good. Uh, yeah, no videos. Hold on one second here. So actually what we just did was we called on the Racer X podcast show. We, yeah. na- we now have Transworld Motocross. Yeah, is Don, <laughs> Don Maeda on the line. Maeda, what's up? Uh, nothing. Just going to hide dude. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Ping and Weege and I were just talking about the video battle at Daytona, and we checked your site, and there's no videos up. So, were you scared? <laughs> um, we were. You know, uh, there's a Dirt Shark video up today. I saw that, yeah. But he's Dirt Shark. I mean, he's Dirt Shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is the shark. Um, you know, I haven't actually uh, – you know, I, I'm going to go – I'm going to say that I've obeyed the rules. Really? There you go. We, I'm a law-abiding citizen. We really... Well, actually, we scared me, dude. He was so scared of getting busted <laughs> that it made me scared. Yeah, but we but just... I guarantee you, you could have got away with it. Well, okay, okay, okay. Now, I'm pretty sure no one from Daytona International Speedway is going to be listening to this, but right. I filmed 35 minutes of pit pass. And I'm gonna uh, bury it. I'm gonna bury it in our Indi- Indianapolis Supercross pit pass. Ooh, that's nice. clever. See, that's good. We we at Racer X were not clever enough to think of that. I guess. No, we just <laughs> we put our feet up on the desk, yes. grabbed a cold beer, and said, "Oh, we can't do any work today." Well, here's the thing, though, Maeda. Uh, Racer X would get busted, you know, and you would be okay because Racer X has the RCU, the Amateur Supercross, MX Sports. It's all tied in. So. so you're thinking that the Daytona people might have been reviewing all the RCU perhaps. on your site? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, they well, had more to threaten us with, I guess. I just think we, we just were really wondering if you had some crazy we story being busted, like gnarly or something. What's that, Don? Uh, I, I actually, I got a quick uh, video interview today. I, I, I went to the uh, hotel where the semi was parked, and Ryan just happened to be still chilling in the lounge. Oh wow! So, oh wow! Yeah, I interviewed him. I interviewed him about Daytona, but we weren't at the track. We were yeah. in the little semi parked in the hotel huh. parking lot. 
Ah, he hangs out there uh, quite a bit, I bet. Very fortunate. Yeah, yeah very lucky. Um, yeah, I don't really. We we were uh, just wondering about w- what the status was of your videos, and and I guess we'll see from you know from the parking lot there'll be one, so that's cool. And yeah, and then maybe something parking. and maybe something from Indianapolis, which strangely looks which strangely will look a lot like Florida. Yeah, I heard the <laughs> forecast is eighty five and sunny this Saturday in uh, yeah. in Indy. And yeah. outdoor stadium. And there's a lot of palm trees in Indy around. Yeah. So. Exactly. Well, hey, man, thanks for hey. coming. Yeah. Hey, Mathis, where is your Ferry 125 video that Swiss Court tweeted about? I want to go see it now. Is it on Racer X or is it on Pulp? It is on Pulp MX. We, uh, we deci- Why wouldn't you give that to Racer X? Because there was a scene in there that we thought would be controversial for Racer X. Uh, again, oh. Racer X being held to maybe a little higher standard than Pulp MX. Um, what? <laughs> I know, shocker. <laughs> uh, JT talks about getting landed on, and I, we it maybe could be throwing more uh, fire on the on the um, thing that's already been ignited or whatever I'm trying to say. Throwing more. more coals on the fire, you mean? Yeah, and then also we used a brief clip of the race from YouTube without Feld's permission. Ah, and ah, okay, that yeah. also probably is a no-no. Wait, so, how about? Hey, how about the uh, the YouTube video of Bubba crashing that somebody standing on the side of the track was filming? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Flip cam. Yeah. Yeah, who was that? I don't know. Was it you? No. Was it you? I was up in the press box. <laughs> Wasn't me. But, uh, no, these, these... You can't hold a hot dog and a soda and a flip cam, <laughs> Don. So, for sure it wasn't Steve. That's true. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, the ferry video is at seventeen thousand views. It's definitely blown up. It's crazy. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to go watch it. I want to hear the sound of that bike. Yeah, well, there's a lot of me talking. Very little of sound of the bikes. So, oh, all right. Th- thanks, thanks, Swap. All right, guys, take it easy. See ya. See, right, you guys. see you guys. Bye. Yep. There we go, folks. That's how live we are. Wow. Um. So, so there'll be some some Indianapolis will be will show some pit pass video, very sunny, very very open, um, and then yeah, we'll see. So there you go. That's the bottom of the video uh, uh, extravaganza. What else we got? Anything else? We're gonna wrap this thing up. Um, we'll wrap it my up. Phone hasn't been charged until this afternoon, so it's pretty much dead now. This uh, this home phone. All right, fantastic. Well, then let's wrap this up. This has been the Racer X, BTOSports.com podcast show uh please support bto sports and uh somebody's phone just died so with that we'll end it see you guys see ya this has been the btosports.com podcast show brought to you by racer x don't forget to check out some of our past shows including motocross legends such as the beast from the east damon bradshaw it got to the point where i didn't want to leave home and once i got to the race I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean you know and I know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did Go Circuits Mitch Payton 
There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know I'm about to ride. I won't let this die. You know I've got this friend of being.